Hey, sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to Lance's House of Sports. Make sure to rate the podcast and share us with a friend. And don't forget to join us for weekly episodes. Follow me on Instagram at the Lance Wyatt Jr. Now let's get into the episode. Hey guys, how are we doing today? Welcome back. This is Lance's House of Sports. I'm your host, Lance Wyatt. I'm joined today again by house member Ben Gabriel. And we got a whole lot to talk about today. Everything you could think of when it comes to NFL football, a bunch of college football. But to start today, I got to put myself in a mellow mood, but uh, we got breaking news out of Boston. (laughs) Um, Tough. Uh, yeah, this was reported uh, Wednesday night, uh, right after we recorded our first podcast. But uh, Boston Celtics head coach Ime Udoka is facing a year-long suspension for a violation of team policies. Um, a decision about his future with the team will be made at a later date. So going more into that, after the press conference went down, they didn't really release a whole lot. Not a whole lot was said, except for the fact that Ime will not be coaching the team this year. Getting more into it, the Celtics have made assistant coach Joe Mazzulla the interim head coach for the 2022-2023 season. But a statement from Ime and what he had to say, in quote, he said, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the Celtics, the entire Celtics organization, and my family for letting them down. I am sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation. I accept the team's decision. Out of respect for everyone involved, I will have no further comment at this time. So that's not a whole lot from IMA. Um, that, was, uh, that was the first thing released. When it came out to the media, it was definitely dragged by the media. No one really knew what was going on. But for sure, uh, it must have been someone out of the, uh, the Celtics or Boston media to get a hold of this. But for who we know that leaked these comments, we have no idea. More information came out that it was uh, he was having consensual relations with a female co-worker. Uh, money began speculating as the rumors of the year-long suspension was coming. Um, The Celtics released their statement acknowledging that it was, in fact, a a violation of team policies and that he'd be suspended. Yet, apparently, another day after that, um, it was aware that the relationship uh, became aware to the Celtics back in July, but uh, the leadership for the team believed it to be consensual. Yet, recently, it was found that apparently the woman uh, part of this relationship was accused of Ime Udoka of making unwanted comments toward her leading the team to launch an investigation with internal interviews by an independent law firm they brought in within the organization. So, yeah, about that. I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. Um, I I mean, that's tough. I mean, I may cost it himself. I mean, that, that one's on him. He's not the victim. But, yeah, he's done. He, I don't see him ever coaching in a Celtics uh, uniform again. And wow. I don't, I don't even know if I can see him coaching the NBA again. Honestly, really? he's a great coach, but these, these are big points getting pointed out to him and accusations. And we just, this is the beginning of it. We do not know everything that's going on in the situation. Um, the Celtics are doing the best they can to keep it within the organization. But I mean, the type of accusation that is, there's no, there's no way for a fact that he's not co- coaching in Boston again. Past that, back to Joe Mazzulla. Looking at his uh, history, he played basketball at uh, West Virginia University. And while in college, it is starting to come out uh, that while at West Virginia, he was charged with underage drinking and fighting with police at a Pittsburgh Pirates game in 2008, as well as he was arrested for a domestic battery in 2009 after he allegedly grabbed a woman by the neck at a bar. Celtics, hiring class acts. Love to see it. All right. I don't want to hear nothing out of you yet. Let me finish what I have to say, all right? <laughs> What Joe Mazzulla had to say about the matter, he said, I can't talk about specifics, but I'm not the same person that I was. As you grow as a person, you're constantly having to build an identity. I didn't have one at a certain point in my life for whatever reason. You have to find a foundation, and for me, that's my faith. How can I impact people positively around me? That is something that I've learned throughout my life. I've made mistakes. I'm not perfect. I've hurt people, and I've had to use the situations I put myself in as a younger man to learn from and become a better person. That's what I've been focusing on. How can I recreate my identity as a person, rely on my faith, and have a positive impact on the people around me? I know my why. If you don't have a compass, it's very hard to redirect yourself, he said. Um, You have to learn that uh, you're on your own sometimes. My identity comes from my faith and my purpose. I got into coaching because I've had people pour into me, sacrifice for me, and I want to do that for my players. 
So getting that out of the way, outside of that, he played three years in the NBA afterwards. 2016, he was hired as an assistant coach for uh, Boston's G League affiliate, the main Red Claws at the time. Um, and then he went over to Fairmount State and was the head coach there for two years in between 2017 to 2019. And then most recently, he was rehired by Brad Stevens to be one of the assistants before he eventually took the president of basketball operations chair. He was the only assistant on the staff to return with Ime Adoka. So that has a lot to say. And let me say what I have to say before you make a comment. A lot of people don't think Joe Mazzulla should have gotten this job because of everything that's gone around with him. But with, with what Brad Stevens had to say in that Thursday press conference, he's had his background check on him. And Brad Stevens is a good man within himself. Obviously, you can see with how they handled this Ime Udoka situation that uh, – they don't mess around with situations like this. And he said he did the, he ran the background check on him. He knows him as a person. He's known him for a few years and he believes not that he's a changed man, but he's grown up into the man he is now. And, and he's great outside of basketball. So whatever Brad um, says, I think it goes and I think we should all roll with it. Cause I don't think Brad would be making those type of moves for the team if they weren't good for them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, How does this team bounce back from this? I mean, like, <laughs> Oh, my God, Ben. Uh, I mean, like Jason Tatum said himself, like he found out on Twitter just like everyone else. Um, and they're not really telling them a whole lot with what went down, trying to keep everything private. So, I mean, they said they're ready to roll. They said they love Joe Missoula. They got a lot of faith in him. They think they'll be able to lead the way. I mean, at the end of the day, you didn't lose a key piece to the team. You didn't lose a starter. You didn't even lose a rotation player. They got everything they need to be able to still make that path to try and get back to uh, the NBA Finals in June. Um, yeah, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are, they'll get it done. They won't, They might not get it done. They might not want to chip, but they're good enough players that losing their head coach might not be as detrimental as people think. I mean, it definitely sucks going from your third head coach in three years, but they're not veterans now, but they're in their prime. Uh, they've been in the league a long time. They've had a lot of experience. They, they know what they're going to have to do. Um, I think they'll be all right. I think a, a situation that we really need to talk about is uh robert williams his update he had his uh, arthroscopic surgery uh, a few days ago and they said he's expected to miss eight to 12 weeks now and it was at first expected to be four to six so he's going to be gone from thanksgiving to christmas we don't know when but there goes our center uh and we don't really know i don't really know what they're going to do to fill it i mean it seems first day of practice they had luke Cornette working with the first string I mean, I kind of like that. I mean, because you got to have that big lineup on the floor. But the big question is, when you do that, who do you? Who's your big man off the bench? Because Al Horford's not playing that many minutes. Grant Williams isn't a five. I mean, when he's not when he's not in the game, they'll they'll probably just be playing like small ball, I guess. I mean, I guess you got to think that way putting Grant at the four. Yeah. It, unless Noah Vonley gets minutes. But Al is an underrated defender and rebounder too. Well, of so. course. Well, of course. But we're talking about, you know, bigger picture of the team and all yeah. that. Like yeah, what, our, what our lineup – I'm very interested in to see what Joe Mazzulla puts out there game one of the season because it's, be it's Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason coach. Tatum, Al Horford's in there, and then do you slide Grant in there? Um, do you toss in Malcolm Brogdon, the new addition you just got from Indiana? Or do you bring in the big man Luke Cornette? Who, he can stretch the floor. He can shoot the three ball. I don't know if you know that, but he's got some game to him. Um, but yeah, me. I'm very interested what goes on to that. I don't really have a whole lot else to say about the Ime Udoka situation except that he messed up. He's in the wrong. Yeah, it's just an unfortunate let's, situation. Let's, for, move, uh, on. let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right, next up, keeping up with the Buckeyes. Uh, nothing new for you guys here. Ohio State went up against uh, 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 <laughs> Wisconsin. Come on. No, no, I was going to say a Big Ten foe. Oh, you know, I no. just couldn't get it out. But a Big Ten foe and the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, they did what we were all expecting. They just probably did it in a more dominant fashion. Uh, they beat Wisconsin at home 52-21. to 21. They were dominant from start to finish. Our offense looked absolutely lethal. Uh, no Jackson Smith and Jigba again with a hamstring injury. Um, Coach Day deciding to hold him out. Don't really know what's going on with that. I'm starting to worry if that might be a lingering issue. But um, back to the game, Ohio State completely dominated on both ends. I mean, C.J. Stroud, 281, five touchdowns. He did throw his first pick, but we can move past that. That happens. 16 touchdowns, one interception? Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. That ratio is not bad. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, both, both of our star running backs, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams, were over 100 yards on the ground. Emeka Ibuka, six catches, 118, two touchdowns, Fleming. He was able to get in the end zone. Cade Stover. Our tight end, uh, he was able to get his first two career touchdowns this past weekend. Um, that was awesome to see. He looked but, uh, great. He looked great. He, he did. 
he he's able to impact the game. Yeah, run blocking, pass blocking, and receiving the ball. Um, they put him out wide a lot. Yeah, I love that. He's a big kid. He is. He is draws um, a lot of attention. But outside of that, Braylon Allen had a pretty solid game. Ohio State did a pretty decent job containing him. He was able to break for a big one late, but the game was already over too. Yeah, where it didn't even matter. It just helped his average. Yeah. Anything? I mean, anything you got to say about the Buckeyes except that CJ Stroud? He's probably going to win the Heisman this year with the way they're looking. Our backfield is absolutely yeah, that, ridiculous. That's the one thing I was going to say. Uh, that running back duo might not even might. That is it definitely is. the best it's running the back best duo in the duo country. In the country. Like just because everybody everybody coming in the season was all talking about Travion Henderson Heisman candidate, but Mayon Williams has come out and he's looked just as good. Yeah, damn near. The way they're able to shake off tackles and yeah. make people miss. Powerful and, runners, man. Yeah, and it's incredible. And then we got Dallin Hayden as our RB three. Yeah, like yeah. See, oh, it's incredible. We're set. We're set. Um, Graham Mertz, quarterback for Wisconsin. Uh, he didn't have a too good day. Ohio State got the best of him. He was 11 for 20, 94 yards, a touchdown, a pick, and then he was also able to run one in. You know, I watched the replay of that game, and Kirk Herb, she would not stop talking about the talent Graham Mertz had. And I've just, it's been four years now, and he's, I just, I don't think he's that good. Kirk. Kirk always has. There's a reason crazy takes. he's been on the team for as long as it's been. <laughs> he's just not that good. Yeah, I know. He's not that I know. Good. I don't know. I didn't see that highlight because as, these people I just, probably do not know. You know, we were I at went the game home, this past watched year. it with my dad. Record, he, he, of course, he recorded it. You know, yeah, yeah. Of course. Watched it with my dad. Kirk was just saying the dumbest things about how good Graham Mertz was. That surprises me, Kirk. You know, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a fan of Kirk Herbstreet, so I'll let that slide. I, I like him. I like him. Yeah, Ohio State grad, yeah, of course, quarterback, of course. But before we move on, I mean, anything you got to say about the Buckeye season? I mean, we got a little bit to look forward to. I think our schedule is a little easier than it normally is, but we're just preparing for the game at the end of the year against uh, the team up north yeah there's a there's opinion. a there's a couple teams i want to look past that game in happy valley yeah yeah uh, of course know, that's always going to be a challenge penn state always brings their best against us yeah i mean the game before michigan is against maryland and i'm worried stop. that's a trap no. game Nah, i don't agree is there qb still uh talk about low yeah is it tall yeah. he's a good player they lost to Michigan by seven the other day. Yeah, no, he. They're I mean, a solid team. I mean, he's he's a good player, but I think the way Ryan Day preps us for each and every week, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, and CJ Stroud is just he knows the system like the back of his hand at this point. Yeah, I agree completely. He looks great. Next week they got Rutgers at home. Um, I believe it's a three or is it four o'clock game? I think it's a three o'clock game. Yeah, yeah three o'clock game, three thirty game against the Rutgers next week. So looking forward to that one. We'll be First, there. We'll be there. You know, you better believe we'll be there. I know it's Rutgers, but. Always fun watching our boys go to work. Um, but another college matchup that we'd love to talk about, it was an incredible matchup. Uh, it's going to have major implications um, for this season. 20 Florida Gators, 2-1, uh, and one, going up against the 11 Tennessee uh, Vols, who are who were undefeated going into this matchup. This was the Anthony Richards, uh, Richardson versus Hennon Hooker game. And uh, let me tell you, we watched the highlights on this again. They both, yeah, looked, both abs- they looked absolutely incredible. They were so much fun to watch. I mean, the way they're able to throw the ball like through the air and uh, use their legs uh, have and uh, apply that run game on the ground, it just shows that, I mean, you got to have a great defense to stop them. And while I think both these teams are pretty solid, those quarterbacks were the uh, focal points of this game. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, at the end, Hendon Hooker just got it done. He Tennessee did. defense stepped up a little bit. And on the second half, he stepped on the gas. But Florida had a chance. They got that onside kick. Yeah, they, well, that yeah, they did. The I mean, it was a tight game. I mean, Tennessee was leading the game 31 to 20, or excuse me, 37 to 21 with 843 to go in the game. And Florida crept all the way back just to have an onside kick and recover it with, what was it, 30 seconds left? Something like that. Like, oh, they had a chance. Yeah, yeah, they, they had, had a chance. chance. They had a Hail Mary to yeah, end the game. Yeah, got picked off, yeah. But, but I mean, that happens, know. but... Man, was that a fun game yeah, to watch. That was a good oh game. my gosh. Hendon Hooker, he was 22 for 28, 349 yards, two touchdowns in the air, as well as 13 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. He did have a fumble lost, but um, that's good pressure on Florida. For Anthony Richardson, he was 24 for 44, 453 passing yards through the air, two touchdowns, as well as 17 carries and 62 rushing yards for two more on the ground. I mean, that was just quarterback carried game that was a battle sure. of the like who's trying to who's trying to prove to be uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the sac i mean i know we got uh, the boys out in georgia and alabama uh, making their case yeah, but that's uh, bennett bryce young yeah 
but uh, you know, after that, it's like who's next? And I think Hendon Hooker. I think Hendon Hooker made the statement. I think Hendon yeah. Hooker is a better quarterback than Stetson. Because if you take away that fumble loss in the first half, you take away that. Uh, I believe they had two turnovers. I don't know if it was two fumbles, but I know they had two turnovers in the first half. And if their, uh, their tight end fumbled on after he caught that slam. Did he? I don't know if that was in the first half or the second half, but I, I'm pretty sure they had two turnovers in the first yeah. half. And if you take that away, Tennessee was basically perfect yeah. on offense. Yeah. So they look scary to watch. They the remaining matchup for them, they got at LSU versus number two in the war, in the country, Bama, home against number seven Kentucky, and then you know the greatest test of them all at Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, and they the got dome. two seven and one back to back to back. Is that back? I don't know if that's back, back to back. I don't reading the notes. I don't think I don't think that's back to back to back. But they got that on the remaining it's schedule. A tough schedule. That's probably one of the toughest schedules you'll probably see see in college football. Yeah. So I agree. Keep an eye on Tennessee. Keep an eye on Hendon Hooker. Props to Ben for him being a, one of the college prospects early on in this podcast. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up making some noise, going and trying to fight to get that fourth spot to make the playoffs. Yeah. Let's let's move past that. It's time to move into the crazy craziness of the NFL we had in week 3. We found a whole lot about a bunch of teams in the NFL in week 3. Um, but let's start with Thursday night football. Pittsburgh Steelers Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. That was not the way I was expecting it to go. I don't think it was the way you were expecting it to go. Um, Browns were able to win that game 29 to 17. Um the Browns run game led the way in that one. Nick Chubb with 113 yards on the ground. Kareem Hunt followed it with 47 as well. Chubb was 4.9 yards per carry, so he was constant yards and yards and yards. He was definitely the way to go. But how about Jacoby Brissett in that game? He had a very poised game, made a bunch of great throws, um, and he was good enough to get him the win. What would you think? Yeah, no turnovers for uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Nah, he had a great game. It's shocking, I guess, for playing such a good defense. Granted, they don't have T.J. Watt. Yes. The pass rush, definitely. you could definitely tell he wasn't on the field. That defense is... Um, I do believe that the Steelers yeah. are a huge impact without T.J. Yeah, Watt. I yeah. mean, two weeks now, two losses to the Patriots and the Browns. Those aren't losses you want to I don't see think they the... take those losses with T.J. Watt. <sighs> see, I, I, that's it's tough to say that. I'd probably agree I, just, I, because I, of the, just because of how big of an impact I think... Their offense is I think Trubisky so is able to pull away in those games. Bad, though. Their offense is so bad. They have no identity on their no, offense. No, they don't have And an with identity. their poor offensive line... Najee Harris is struggling to get a run game going, and then Trubisky hasn't really been able to make the throws. Yeah, um, I mean, 56 yards on 15 carries. It's, for Najee? Yeah. Yeah, it's I not, mean. It's not what I you mean, want to see from your no, first-round no, no, running back. No, it's not at all. I mean, there's a long, there's a long year to go. Um, Mike Tomlin, I believe he'll be able to set him up for success. He'll do whatever he can to get him right. But I got a feeling this might be one of the longer years for the Steelers than we normally expect. They're in a tough division. The Ravens are a whole lot better than they were last year. Yeah, and if T.J. Um, Watt doesn't come back till week eight, they're and you I don't know see, how many you games see they're going to win. Yeah, up until want, that point. their next five, uh, they're home against the Jets this this week, and then after that, they're away in Buffalo. They're home against Tampa Bay, away in Miami playing the Dolphins, and then before their bye week, they're going to Philadelphia to play my boy Jalen Hurts. And they could go one and four. That's a tough schedule. Man, I feel bad for those Steelers. Because that man. Bills, Tampa Bay, Dolphins, Eagles, those are like four of the top seven teams in the league right now. Yeah. No, I like, agree. I agree. That's tough. Yeah. No, I mean, feel bad for the Steelers. You never know. Maybe they make a run. Maybe Mitch turns it around. But until they get T.J. Watt back, that defense and that uh, pass rush is going to be a problem. Before we do go past that, uh, the Browns did lose Anthony Walker Jr., their uh, signal caller, for the year for a torn peck. And as well as – this just in breaking news, Miles Garrett, he suffered a, a shoulder strain in a recent car accident, uh, which was just him involved, no drinking involved, um, no other cars. It was just him. Um, I believe he was swerving for an animal or something like that. Yeah, I said um, he was trying to miss an animal and the roads yeah. were wet. Yeah. Who knows his availability next week, but the way Jacoby Brissett looks, I think the Browns will be fine this year. And by the time they get to Sean back, they're going to be competing to try and make the playoffs at the end of the year. Uh, let's move on though. Uh, what next game you want to talk about? Um, let's keep it brief. You know, like I said, my boy Jalen Hurts. The, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles went to Washington to play the Commanders this past weekend, and they dominated the game from start to finish. Um, they won that game twenty-four to eight. Commanders didn't have a point going into the fourth quarter. They got their first points from a safety. Yeah, Carson Wentz. He struggled. Uh, yeah, he but, looked. He looked like Carson Wentz finally. Yeah, he looked yeah, great the first put, <laughs> couple of weeks, but we knew we knew he would eventually. We knew he would eventually come back to, come back, uh, to bite him. Yeah, he, yeah, we, we knew we knew he'd fall back. Like we knew he'd fall back eventually. Yeah, he'd, he, we knew after a few weeks he'd fall back down to earth. 
But I'm going to give more props to Philadelphia's uh, defense. I mean, they looked absolutely outstanding. Their defensive line play is incredible. Darius Slay impresses me each and every week. And then with a defense like that, with an offense like that, led by Jalen Hurts, it's hard to not put them as one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. Yeah, they were number three in ESPN's NFL power rankings this week. Yeah, I so, like that. Uh, I like that. I mean, long they're way. They're making their way long, up there. Long way to go, obviously. Yeah, but long season. I get it. They don't have the toughest schedule, but when you beat teams like they might this have the week in and week schedule. out, if they if they keep, but if they keep if they keep beating teams like this week in and week out, yeah, they're blowing teams out. I, I don't see I don't see why they wouldn't be a threat to anybody come the playoff time, especially in that NFC. As yeah. I don't see anyone that's over dominant in that conference. Yeah, I mean that NFC division. That's the whole NFC is just. Kind of mid this year. Yeah. You know? The yeah. Rams aren't what they thought uh what we thought they were gonna be. Uh no. Tampa Bay's not quite there on offense yet. Granted they've had some guys out the past couple weeks. Actually all three of their starting receivers are out this past week, right? Um William Yes, Mike. they were. Yeah. They were. All all three of them were out. His uh, main receivers were Russell Gage, Scotty Miller, Cole Beasley. Yeah. Uh, Cole Brashad, Beasley just got Rashad Perriman from the pa- practice I'm not squad. Mistaken. Yeah. No, that was a good sign to get Cole Beasley. I mean, that's the type of team. Um, who did we say they were? They were like the Lakers of the NFL. Of the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that comparison. I, like that. I think it's perfect. I like that. But uh, let's move past that game and let's talk about a pretty entertaining one we had. The Buffalo Bills were going up against the Miami Dolphins this past weekend, and the Dolphins were able to scrape away with that win, um, twenty-one to nineteen. Even though the Bills uh, outtotaled the Dolphins four hundred ninety-seven to two twelve in yardage. Um, the Dolphins were able to keep themselves in that game and ended up surviving that late. Yeah, the Dolphins, man. <laughs> Tua. <laughs> Tua. Yeah. I mean, he got hurt. He came back, won him the game. So even yeah. with that safety fump, like safety punt, but the butt punt. Well, that was late in the game, and yeah. they absolutely survived that, losing two points. Bills I can't ended up getting the ball back. Um, the, Bills, the, the Bills struggled. I don't want to. I don't know, just coaching-wise, I guess, time management? Time management, maybe. That's, yeah. yeah. But 497 yards of total offense. Well, of course, that's outstanding. But they also had a, they also had a couple turnovers. But yeah, outside of that, when you look at the numbers and you look at the sheets, it's like, how in the hell did the Bills not win this game? But, uh, I mean, you give credit where it's due to Miami. You know, the environment was tough. Um, they were able to make the plays. And let me say, Tua Tagovailoa made his statement for being a franchise quarterback. I think it confirmed it this past weekend. I know he didn't have the best game statistically, but when he went out of that game and Teddy Bridgewater went in for his few attempts he had to throw, everyone was holding their damn breath. Tua's that guy. Tua's that guy. <laughs> he is that guy. He, I mean, he just... <sighs> I mean, I wouldn't put him at that guy, but he's... Uh, he, got, he got another weapon, and I think having those two guys, a teammate... It's helped them a lot. That chemistry, that college chemistry, we're seeing it all over the NFL now. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Jalen Waddle and the Tua connection is definitely one to keep an eye on. Waddle was able to snag four catches for 100 yards. Um, Tyreek Hill wasn't really a big of a factor this game, but um, like I said, the Dolphins scraped by. Um, I still think the Bills are the way better team. They're missing a bunch of guys in the secondary, and I think the Bills would be fine. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills ended up winning 13, 14 games this year. I agree. The Bills are unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, their defense, their offense, like it's just – you could argue for both of them being the best in the league. Yeah, I agree completely. And then Philly's like right behind them. It's kind of weird. But, um, but yeah, the Bills, uh, I think they'll be okay. The Dolphins, that was huge for them. They got a tough matchup next week. We'll get more into that later. But uh, uh, the Chiefs-Colts were in a tight one. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts pulled off a shocker against the Chiefs. They, they won did. That, they won that one 20-17. And, hey, hats off to Matt Ryan. They got the comeback late. They got the game-winning touchdown with about 20 seconds left. They got a big win for them. They needed that. I still don't like Matt Ryan. There were just a lot of – there were a lot of moments in the game where I was watching the game and I was just like, Matt Ryan's trash. He was, he was struggling to make a lot of throws. He was, um, yeah. He, he just he can't like escape old. pressure. He doesn't throw the ball away when he needs to. No, I, I don't have the stat line for how many times he got sacked, but he couldn't evade pressure to save his life. Like, he just looks old. There was one time where he got sacked where the, uh, the tackle was blocking the defensive lineman, and he still grabbed Matt Ryan from behind the tackle and – got him down for the sack like that's come on yeah like, on. you got to be able to evade that you just got to feel that but and yet we're still talking about this and yet they still got the dub over the chiefs this past weekend the chiefs got their first loss of the year 
Um, Pat Mahomes didn't have a bad game, 262 yards. He did have he did have an interception, but this was just a little slow pace. No one was really able to get a whole lot going in this game. Um, the Chiefs didn't really have a run game. So, and I think that was just kind of the factor that ended up costing him. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he's one of the best backs in the NFL. He's already made his name for it. Um, he was able to get 71 yards on the ground. Um, Chiefs did a solid jo- job containing him, but I think that run game's needed, especially in games like that. And um, the Chiefs weren't able to score points at the end of the game, and the Colts did, and the Colts ended up winning. But um, Lions-Vikings Lions, <laughs> Lions, uh, was a pretty interesting game. The Vikings were able to come back and uh, beat the Lions 28-24. to um, One of the main things I really want to talk about was another struggle game for Justin Jefferson. He had just six targets, only three catches, only 14 yards. I am giving all the credit in the world to Jeff Okuda, our boy. He had an absolute outstanding game. Now, granted, he wasn't on in the entire time, but you could always tell, even when Justin Jefferson did get his hands on the ball, Jeff Okuda was pouncing for that man. He was always there. By the time the play was over, Jeff Okuda was there. Yeah, I mean, I saw him getting compared to Jalen Ramsey. Like, he I mean, looked, he's young. He, he's young. He, uh, he's fast. He, he has length. He's, he's, he's a big kid, too. He's like 6'1", like 210". He can he can stay with the best receivers in the league. Yeah, no, no, I agree. He's, he's just he's he, had his injury bug the past couple of years, but if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a dominant force for that Lions defense. Jeff Okuda is a hundred percent making a name for himself um, in this second year in this Lions. Uh, what was he got injured last year? No. Yeah, he was. I, he was. What was his injury? We're gonna have to look at that because yeah. that's really interesting. He was injured coming his back, year too, coming though. back from an uh, injury like that because he looks impressive. He really does. But um, before we move past this game, I really saw it as kind of the QB battle of this game. I know you think Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. That's not really what you think. But Jared Goff had 277 in the air, Kirk Cousins with 260. This was a fun game to watch. Um, It was a little slow, got moving later. But um, both teams were uh, making key drives when needed. Just very surprised that Justin Jefferson never really got involved. Hats off to Kirk to using KJ Osborne. Hats off to Kirk for using Adam Thielen a little more. I... Cannot expect a whole lot more from that from Justin Jefferson. I think he'll be very okay. So Je- what what year did Jeff Okuda get drafted? Sorry, we're going back ago. to it. A couple years ago. So I think it was – so 2020, thigh ham, uh, hamstring strain, uh, another 2020 shoulder injury, 2020 Jesus. again groin strain, and then in 2021, September 12th, which is week one, uh-huh. he tore his Achilles. <sighs> So this is his, he's been hurt his whole career. You know how much more impressive that makes this? Yeah. Like, he looks incredible. He looked like a veteran last week. <laughs> he did. He did. Now he might need to gain a few, uh, a few more uh, LBS. Yeah, he needs some more, uh, more play time. But oh, yeah, more play time. I think he's going to yeah, be good more, the rest of the uh, year. Yeah, of course. Of course. He'll definitely be a key factor to that Lions defense for the rest of the year. The bang- Your Bengals were finally able to get we're into the back. We're finally able to get into the win column this past uh, Sunday, beating the New York Jets twenty-seven to twelve. Um, they dominated that game, um, thick and thin. Their defense looked good. Joe Burrow looked dominant. And yeah, I mean, it's just the Jets, but they they got it done and they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, nah. I mean, I knew we'd turn it around. I was talking down on us a little last week. You were talking way too down. You I were was nervous. talking way too down. I was you nervous. Were nervous. We didn't look good. We haven't looked good. But this past week, we looked good. I, Joe Burrow still got sacked three times, which is still a lot. Yeah. But, you know, not as much as he is used to getting sacked. So that's a plus. Yeah, my one concern is uh, Joe Mixon. Joe What's Mixon. What's wrong with Joe, man? 12 carries, 24 yards. Two yards a carry, man. It's fine, man. He'll that, be okay. I mean, God, I hope so. He's He'll a great be okay. running I mean, back. I don't know. He didn't really seem to have a lot of gaps to get through. No, they were every time he got every time. No, but every time he had the ball, like, where's the guard making that key block? Seriously, seriously. It's, I'm looking for more of that on Thursday. I'm more worried about protecting Joe Burrow. Oh yeah, Joe Mixon can take his hits, but hey, Joe and Burrow. That, hey, and that's why they and that's why they put Smajay Piran in the game for pass blocking. Like, you know, they've had a lot it, of um, two RB sets where. They're both blocking for Joe just because offense line, I guess, can't fucking do it. Yeah. But. But no, nah, the Bengals are back. They'll be fine. They got a big matchup on Thursday. Get more into that later. But uh, um, the Texans-Bears were in a weird matchup. Uh, the Texans were uh, winless. Bears were 1-1 one one going into that game. Uh, the Bear, Bears were able to squeak by in that game. 
Um, although Justin Fields only threw it 17 times and he still had two interceptions. Let's put the focal point towards Khalil Herbert. Uh, Dave Montgomery left that game uh, early with a knee-slash-ankle injury, they said. And they said he's going to be day-to-day. But Khalil Herbert, the backup running back for the Bears, he had 20 carries, 157 yards on the ground, and two touchdowns. That man was an animal. If anything, if the Bears take away anything from that game, it's that Khalil Herbert should be a part of that offense. No, I agree. Not a focal point. I agree. Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert – one of the best RB duos in the NFL. Yeah, I don't see why they shouldn't be a one-two punch. I mean, yeah, they should be. It's getting they common should. now in the yeah, NFL it these is. days. I mean, it we is. see it all over the place. We see it a lot in college, but I think it needs to happen more in the NFL. Yeah, no, I mean, he was really impressive. He looked really well. His explosiveness, um, he's not the biggest guy, but um, he's able to squeak by guys all the time. And, I mean, 157 yards, I mean, that speaks for itself. Yeah, that's not a fluke. But the Davis Mills-Justin Fields game, it wasn't the most fun game to watch. Davis Mills didn't look bad at 245 in the air. I'm very curious if the Bears are ever going to open up their offense to Justin Fields and let him just sit back and sling it. All right, but... but they don't give him the. I know he had two picks, but they don't give him the opportunity. Seventeen. He doesn't. He doesn't ever have the opportunity to get into a groove. But when do we start putting some blame on Justin Fields? I know we're big fans. Justin Fields is one of my favorites, but yeah. When no, he, when when do we uh, when do we start saying that Justin Fields might not? He might be a bust. Uh, uh, I mean, I'd agree that he hasn't obviously been even close to like a franchise quarterback, one of those dudes. But he's still in like the middle there to where we don't really know who he is yet. And I can't really, I don't want to make an opinion on it and say he's a bust when the Bears aren't even giving him a chance. Like, yeah, of course he's nervous. Of course he's not doing well in the few chances he gets because they're like treating it like it's the biggest deal in the world. Like, you got to treat it like it's smooth, cool sailing. That's your offense, and they just got to start sitting back and slinging it. Yeah, they and got, if you got to have a, run, they got to have one game where they just let him throw it like 30, 35 times. And you know what? And you know what? If that doesn't work, okay, now we know. But until then, like, who's their backup? He's really bad. Can't be anyone good. It's Trevor Simeon, by the way. So Trevor Simeon, Justin oh, Fields no. better work out. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> yeah, he's okay. Because if he if he doesn't work out, then the Bears are screwed. Yeah, let's get past that. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they were uh, a big uh, flashing light in the NFL this week. They dominated the Chargers, thirty-eight to ten in this game. Now, granted, Justin Herbert, it looked like he was playing through some pain that entire time, but uh, Trevor Lawrence, he looked absolutely outstanding. Torch in that Chargers defense, 28 for 39, 262, three touchdowns. I mean, I don't want to say it, but the flow? I mean, like, he might he might be profitable for them this year. No, I think Trevor Lawrence made a huge jump. He looks a lot more composed back in the pocket. I don't know. I they think, finally uh, got him some weapons. They Christian got him some Kirk, weapons. He's Travis definitely, is back. you can tell. Christian Kirk is a wide receiver one. He is um, a... What? Not, not fantasy. Just like, well, he, he is their wide receiver Yeah, one. but I'm talking like he, on a lot of teams he'd be wide receiver um, one. He's yeah, a good, yeah. He's a good player. Yeah, he's. I think he's good enough, to, I mean, to be a wide – If we're I mean, talking about – Granted, talking, their wide I mean, receiver two is Marvin Jones. Hang on, hang on. But, but if we're talking about like Super Bowl caliber teams, then no way. No way. Well, but yeah, yeah, for a yeah, team, but, for a team like this, like this is a guy they needed. Like they had no uh, weapons at all for Trevor last year, and they were able to get a, a Christian Kirk. I mean, they got Zay Jones. They got Marvin Jones Jr., and it just seems to be the type of duo or trio, I guess, that's kind of clicking with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, and that's you what you need. You can't forget about James Robinson. He's looked no, yeah, he's he looked lo- he's looked great this year. He looks fantastic. He's the RB one on that team. Yeah, um, but they're another team that has a two RB backfield set. Um, James Robinson and Travis Etienne Jr. both get carries, both get catches. I mean, this is the offense you want for a guy as young as Trevor Lawrence. And hats off to the organization. Hats off to getting a coach that actually knows what he's doing in Doug Peterson. Last year, having Urban Meyer was probably absolute hell. I love Urban, but he's past his time. The ja- the Jaguars look really good, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were a playoff team come to the end of the year. The Chargers, they got dominated. Their defense is the real question. They gave, a lot up, of guys they, they, gave, they gave up way too many points, but um, Herbert, I'm giving him a pass because he played through some crazy pain. looked like he was hurting the whole time. He'll be okay. The Chargers will be okay. But uh, the Jags move up to 2-1 and one for that. Chargers fall to 1-2. and two. But, yeah, let's move past that game. I, uh, let's talk about a game I find really important. wasn't really, really entertaining, but uh, 
Sunday night football, San Francisco 49ers going to Denver to play uh, the Broncos in mile high. That was one of the worst games I we they could have put on Sunday night football. I mean, it really surprised me. I mean, at the end of the day, it might have been something that we all needed to watch. But what I got out of that game was, uh, you know, Russ season's over. Yeah, he's not. Letting him cook? I don't want to say he's. Have you seen the memes going all around social media of letting Russ cook? I've seen them. The dinner plates are not good. No. No. <laughs> Everybody thought the Broncos were Super Bowl contenders coming into the year with Russell Wilson. I just, he's not as explosive as he used to be. He's not as quick getting out of the pocket. He looks, I don't want to say he looks nervous because, you know, it's still Russell Wilson, but yeah, he doesn't. Look so here's here's there. here's what I have to say about the Broncos. The 49ers, I think they'll be solid this year with Jimmy G. Making the playoffs might be kind of a stretch. Um, if their defense really locks down for them um, and sets Jimmy G up for success, then possibly. But for the Denver Broncos, I mean, we know what their defense can do. Their defense is outstanding, I think, at least. I think their defense will be able to get it done each and every week. I don't care who they play. I always think they'll have a chance. And it's just up to Russell Wilson whether he gets it done or not. I mean, he's had all the experience. He's won a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't want to put all the blame on him, though. Some of that play calling is No, been, but he doesn't look right. He doesn't, he doesn't look he right. He doesn't look right. He doesn't look comfortable. He's not balling. He's not, he doesn't look like the type of Russ that I think yeah. he is. He's not balling. He plays with no swag anymore. And I don't even want to talk about like his religious state and like who he is as a person. Like, he's a weird guy. It's getting like to the extent. Like, it's like Kyrie Irving. <laughs> kind of yeah like Kyrie like that's fine you can feel however you want to feel but like the way he puts it out there and like the way he it's just weird man lives his life it's just weird yeah, it's like yeah yeah for sure it's just like kind of cringy I don't know but yeah Broncos survived it though they went up to two and one um but the big question is who who Russell Wilson is going to be this season we'll see as the year goes on but as of right now the let Russ cook motto uh needs to go to bed <laughs> yeah the Broncos are not riding you know, the Giants game? Yeah, Monday yeah. Night Football. So that was a big game to me because uh, in our first podcast, I don't know if it was published, but I put out a what are the chances that the Giants started the season 3-0, and and they were so close to getting that done on Monday night. Yeah, man. I mean, Cooper Rush with the Cowboys looked good. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. I mean, that tandem of Pollard and Elliott, it seems to be working for him. And CeeDee Lamb, after that one drop that could have been for a touchdown, he bounced back in a big way. He had a big game, 87 yards and a touchdown. Credit to the Cowboys. I don't know if I want to put my blame on Daniel Jones. I don't know if I want to put my uh, blame on the play calling and Brian Dable. But that was just, I don't know, a gritty, ugly game. Saquon Barkley looked pretty well. He was able to show some explosive plays, was able to break one. He had 81 yards and a touchdown as well as 45 yards receiving. But, like, there wasn't a whole lot in that game. Like, you see I, the stars on the field, but. I really like the Cowboys' defense this year. Yeah. They're, they've are they been stellar all season. Demarcus Lawrence was scary last year. Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons on that D-line yeah. is terrifying for any quarterback. See, like, but it's just crazy to me because I feel like Micah Parsons didn't even play that well. On Monday, like he had a solid he, game, but like he only had—I think he only had like two QB pressures and yeah, one like it was one or two tackles. Show, but like, yeah, I get it. Maybe they were forcing—they're double focusing, teaming and triple maybe teaming. Maybe him. they were fo- uh, yeah. focusing on him a lot more, doubling him, tripling but him a lot more. But Daniel Jones still got sacked six times last night. Yeah, wow, that's outrageous. Yeah, and that's kind of surprising because Daniel Jones was surprising me during that game. His he looked athleticism, good. his mobility, his uh, ability to. Uh, evade pressure, scramble, make plays, run, get a few yards, get some first downs. He did that so many times that it just shocks me that the or excuse me, the Cowboys were able to get out of there with the win, but Cooper Rush, credit to him. 3 and 0 is a starter now. Um some people, you know, the craziness of the world are starting to say like QB competition in Dallas, but hell no, it's Dak. It's Dak's Dak. Is, yeah, it's Dak. When, when he's back, they'll be even better. I agree. I um, agree. They're just um, getting right for Dak. They're getting ready for him. Uh, you gotta you gotta think that, yeah, yeah. The Cowboys I mean, are the Cow- contenders to a de- win their division. No, nah, I don't know about that. With Dak, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I get the Eagles I just, are I looking that Eagles good right good, now, but I think their schedule's way too easy. I think I think the Eagles could um, win boatloaded games this year, but maybe the Cowboys sneak into the wild card. We, we get into that a little bit more uh, as we talk later, but. Um, that's it for our week three recap. Hell of a week in football. It's only going to get crazier as the year goes on. Um, let's get into a little bit of week four and what, and 
We're going to start with the madness on Thursday Night Football. I mean, the 3-0 Miami Dolphins coming off a huge upset last week um, against the 1-2, weird to say, the 1-2 Cincinnati Bengals. I love it. In Cincinnati, white unis. You know, we're coming off our first win. I think that Joe Burrow is going to have a statement game. I think our defense is going to have a statement game. Everybody's expecting Tyreek to just cook all game long. I mean, I don't want to say we're going to lock him up because it's Tyreek Hill. He's not really somebody you can contain. But the Bengals, I'm taking the Bengals. I mean, I see where you're coming from. I'm curious to see what you have to say about this game. I see where you're coming from that standpoint. But you did. This game's tough. You do understand that the Dolphins are moving and their station is left and they're rolling right now. Yeah. They no, just got a big I, win last week. They're 3-0. and All the confidence in the world on Tua. We'll see about his availability on Thursday, but I think he should be fine. I hope not. He should be fine. But this Dolphins team, you know, as the week goes on, they start to look more and more scary. And granted, the Bills were missing a lot of guys in their defense last week. But they were able to get it done against a team like that. Now they're on the road, Thursday night football. Crowd's going to be crazy in the whiteout in Cincinnati. Bengals are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Doesn't that, like, trick you out a little bit? Like No. no. Like, four I, points? I, I always think, have the uh, the faith that, like, you know, Vegas knows. Yeah, I want to be surprised if the Dolphins covered, you know, lost by three. But I think the Bengals are four-point favorites for a reason. They have too much talent on that team. And I know Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I get it. I get it. They're, they're stars. The they're, Bengals got good de- good DBs for that, though. They got they got decent Not DBs. Not great, but they're good enough. They got, yeah, they got enough guys, you know. Yeah. I think uh, Jamar Chase is going to have a big week. He's, Do you? He's bound for it. He is due for one. He's been struggling the last couple of weeks. It's more of been the T. Higgins show. Um, yeah, T. Higgins. I, I'm, I'm going to roll with you on this Thursday night football game. I wouldn't tell you to take the Bengals spread at minus four, but if you were to bet on this game, I would definitely take – uh, Bengals money line. I just think, you know, they got to start get, getting going at some point. And they still are that team that they were being in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, they got the same squad, if not better. And they do not like how they started the season. And this is just a chance for them to make a statement game here. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to yeah. roll with the Bengals with you on this one. All right. Moving past that game, next game we're going to be discussing is a 2 and 1 Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the 3 and 0 Philadelphia Eagles. So Philly's a six and a half point favorite going into that game. The over under is forty eight and a half. I really like the Eagles in this game. I mean, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars made a statement last week. Um, it seems like they're starting to form a pretty good team over there. But Philadelphia is one of the best teams in this league, and their and their defense is just so lethal. I think Jalen Hurts will be able to score enough points to not just win this game but cover this game. I think it's definitely going to be a high scoring game. Having the Eagles' defense has looked really good, but. The Jaguars' offense keeps it up. They're, they could compete this game. I still would take the Eagles to win just because I think they're a better team overall. I think their quarterback's better. I think they have better weapons. But it's going to be a good game. I'm excited for that game. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of Nick Serrani, too. I mean, he just his play calling is just absolutely fantastic in the way they uh, run their offense. Yeah. They, but, he, like, he, he does a good job like maximizing Jalen Hurts' ability, yes, I guess. Yes. That was a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Because – his you know, they play throw, a lot, a lot of play-action plays downfield. RPOs, yeah. play-action, throws on the run. It looks like um, Alabama's offense, Oklahoma's offense. Like, Yeah, I mean, they're just I don't know. High-powered, scoring a lot of points. To that extent, exactly, but I definitely see what you mean because of the RPOs and stuff like that. But, no, the Eagles are something to reckon with, and they're going to have a great year. I wouldn't be surprised if they definitely win the division and uh, make some noise come playoff time. The Philadelphia Eagles are my lock of the week. If you guys need to make some money, put in Eagles money line, Eagles spread, whatever you want to do. The Eagles are winning this game, and they're winning by a touchdown. I'm telling you right now. They are. Like, Jaguars defense is solid. Trevor Lawrence ain't bad. But the Philadelphia Eagles are that team. And I just don't see anyone slowing them down right now, especially with how hot they look. I agree. All right. I think All they're right. going to win the game. I'd be a little uh, cautious about the spread. That's a big spread for it. A- 100% toss it in your parlays. If you need lock money, take the money line. And then if you're feeling a little risky, jump on board with me and take Eagle spread because that's only minus 110. So I like those odds. But um, 
moving on to the next game, another really intriguing game. Two and one Bills uh, heading to Baltimore to play the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are a three and a half point underdog. Spreads fifty two. That's a pretty high number. I don't know how the Bills secondary is going to be looking come Sunday. A lot of people really like the Ravens in this one, just because you know Lamar MVP. Um, trying to make that statement, trying to get that money. They look really good also. <laughs> I think I think the uh I mean are, this is the most the this is by far the most mm, besides Thursday night. This is the most exciting game of the week. And yeah. it's because yeah, these two quarterbacks are one and two in my opinion in the MVP race. Yeah. Maybe Jalen Hurts at two, Lamar at three. Yeah. But no, Lamar I is I think Lamar is like had the best season. So far. I saw something on ESPN today that said like he's on track to score over. I don't know exactly the number, so I won't say it, but over 60 touchdowns total this year. That'd be, that would be unreal. That Like he's on pace for that. That would and be unreal. So obviously if he keeps up his, but play, he's, he's getting five touchdowns a game right now. Like yeah. he's, he looks unstoppable. Like the Ravens offense is, I'm, I'm very curious. He's so, you so th- good. So you think the right, Ra- who you got in this game? I think I'm going with the home team. You're gonna go with the I home think they're team? giving okay. I think they're giving uh Buffalo their second loss. Yeah. No, I really so I was looking at the Bills schedule and I was like, even if they do lose this game, they'll be fine. Like I think the Bills are gonna win thirteen games yeah, this year, at the, least. Yeah. The Bills are winning like, their division. They're mm. they're just so yeah, whoa. Dolphins. Yes, the Dolphins? Their division. No, the Bills are winning this the Bills are winning this division. I think I think the Dolphins are gonna end up making the playoffs, but I think the Bills win this division. For sure. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm uh, just because you took the Ravens, it makes me feel a little better. I'm going to take the Bills in this game. Um, I just think they're the best team in the NFL, even with their uh, few guys out on defense. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they even dominated this game. I hope it's a great game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a good game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens upset them. But I'm rocking with Josh Allen, and I'm betting on the Bills. (laughs) Before we get into the Sunday nighter, Monday nighter. Lenton Russ Cook versus uh, DC four. Um, ben, you got a lock of the week for us. Chargers, Chargers money line against the uh, Texans. I think uh, Keenan Allen is supposed to play this week. Yeah, I believe he will. Be um, Justin Herbert will feel better. So that doesn't bother you at all. His well, his injury, you don't think it'll nag? Keenan Allen? No, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. No, he's a big kid. He'll be fine. He is. He's young. I would just rather them like sit him out for a week or two, though. You know, like. I want him as I want him playing his best football, you know, healthy football. I think that's the most important thing. I mean, they're playing that. I oh. mean, if he played last week, they're not going to sit him this week. Yeah, you, yeah, he's no, going to yeah, play. They're both going to play. No, he's going to Chargers he's are going to win the game unless something like popped up out of nowhere. He's going to play, but um, yeah, I mean, I like the pick. Chargers are going up against the O two and one Houston Texans in the Davis Mills squad. Um, while I am a fan of Davis Mills, and I don't think the Texans are the worst team, you know, they haven't gotten the most favorable schedule. Chargers, they're one and two. They need a win. They, they definitely get it done. I like that lock. Yeah. Um, but let's move past that. A two and one Broncos going up against that 0 and three, the only 0 and three team in the NFL, 0 and three Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Raiders are at home. They're a two and a half point favorite. Over unders 43 and a half. I mean, I feel like we're thinking the same thing right here. Like, Raiders got to have a bounce back game at some point, right? Yeah. I don't, the Broncos defense is good, but I don't think they're going to score enough points to win this game. With the way Russell Wilson is looking in that offense, I mean, nah, I agree. Granted, DC Forrest, he's been struggling. Um, he's been struggling to get Devontae Adams a football. Um, but they're due. They need a win. And I feel like this is a good game for that to happen. You know, the Broncos definitely don't like look like they're playing their best football. And, you know, like I said, I think Vegas knows all, and they got him as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So um, I'm going to rock with the favorite uh, there, even though the Broncos are two-and-one. Vegas knows. Yeah. Uh, Sunday night football. That's going to be a really entertaining one, I think. Uh, two and one Kansas City Chiefs are going up against the two and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are a two and a half point underdog. Over unders forty five and a half. And now, before we get into this game, I think we'd both agree as well that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers haven't really looked themselves. Of course, uh, they have been missing some weapons. Tom Brady's been missing um, some key guys that he really is needing back. Yeah, um, both teams coming off of losses. Both teams are coming off a of loss. Yeah, both teams are going to be giving it all. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going up against the GOAT, um, so he's definitely going to be fighting to have a good game there. This one really interests me. I'm not really too sure because I know Mike Evans is going to be back. I don't really know where Chris Godwin and uh, Julio Jones stand. 
if I had to take a team, I'd probably go with the Kansas City Chiefs right now. I'm taking the Chiefs. Just because game. just because of the question marks on the Buccaneers offense, and I'm not questioning Tom Brady. I'm not questioning his greatness. No one will argue how much of a goat that man is more than me. All right? I think Ben could um, back me up on that one. But he is missing weapons, and he is going up against another lethal team in, in the Chiefs. And it's Sunday night football. I'm rocking with Pat Mahomes. I'm rocking with that more uh, dominant uh, team right now. Um, yeah, give me the cheese. Um, all right. To finish off the week four slate, pretty interesting one. Some questionable teams. Um, but the defending Super Bowl champs, Los Angeles Rams, are going to head to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Um, the 49ers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That, again, <laughs> makes me think. Like Vegas knows. I mean, I don't know. What do it's, they know though. The Forty ers look awful. Of course, that's that's free money. Everyone thinks you know. Looking at the Rams, like they're underdogs. Are you kidding me? Everyone's going to be all over that spread, and I know that. I don't even have to look at the lines. I don't have to look at anything. I know that. But I mean, outside of that, the Forty ers I mean, they lost Trey Lance early. Right back to Jimmy G. One of the weirdest situations I've ever seen in the NFL with me being alive, but Jimmy G's back running that offense and they're one and two. They really need a win on Monday night against the Rams. I mean, they're they're going up against a really tough defense weapons all over the board, front seven, uh, secondary all over the place. I like the Rams in this one. I just think they're the better team. And I just don't see the 49ers honestly keeping up with the Rams offense. Like the Niners have a good defense, but Matt Stafford, he's looking for a big game here. And uh, with Cooper cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson. Um, the running game is a little bit of a question mark, and if they struggle to get that going, then I could see this being more of a game. But um, I think with the tandem of Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson, it'll be enough for them. And I think their defense um, does their job, does what they need to do. Um, I got the Rams, Rams spread, Rams money line. Um, Rams moved to 3-1. and one. Um, If Jimmy G pulls this one out, then I'm going to be changing my mind on uh, what I think of them. Yeah. It's a tough game. I mean, you see that clip of Jimmy G last week? He had his helmet on. He was saying, uh, he said, your play calling sucks. That's what he said. Dude. I, whoever, I don't know. It was either your, it, it might have been this play calling it, sucks. Is it Shanahan? But I don't know who it is exactly. But Shanahan's like, great offensive yeah, mind. No, yeah, no. And they, I mean, granted, they have some beef because they didn't want to bring him back, but you know, he's, they might be playing he's a had little, a lot of success under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. So they might be playing a little timid just because really it's like Jimmy G, that, but, but I'd like to see uh, them let Jimmy G throw the ball a little more. Yeah, no. Um, that's going to be a really fun game. Who, who do you got in that one? You got the Rams also? I or? got the Rams. Yeah. Um, we both got the Rams. So uh, Jimmy G, go prove us wrong. But that concludes our uh, week four of the NFL. Um, it's going to be a fun one. It just gets better and better every week. And, yeah, but let's move on to a ta- uh, discussion me and Ben were really interested in about. And that was uh, division winners in the NFL. Who are we predicting is going to be uh, the division winners by the end of the year? And, I mean, why not? Let's get it started, Ben. Let's start with the AFC East. We both have the Bills, right? I mean, you were kind of questioning that earlier in the pod. I was questioning that a little you bit. Were, but was, I, I don't know what that was about. But You can't count them out. They're they have a better record. They're first in that division okay, right that now. That doesn't matter. Obviously, Sweetly. obviously, I think the Bills are still the best team in football, even though they lost that game. Yeah. Um, I they're gonna win that division. Yeah. No, I agree. I think the Dolphins keep. Dolphins it close. could Dolphins, keep it close though. Yeah. Dolphins will probably get a wild card there. Um, I actually have the Dolphins getting securing a wild card. Um, I think their schedule favors them in doing so. Um, AFC North, we agree again. I'm a little surprised. No, we don't. No, we don't. You changed it. Did you change it? I changed Whoa, it. Whoa, catching me off guard, Ben. All right. Um, I have the Baltimore Ravens winning this division. You have the Cincinnati Bengals. You have your Cincinnati Bengals. Of course. Having a bounce back win in this division. Um, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I mean, I think it they'll could see go why later. They'll see why later. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess they'll see why, or they'll start to question just like myself. But <laughs> they'll see why. But uh, I think it looks to me, it looks like Lamar's on a mission. Their defense doesn't look that bad. Um, they got a pretty uh, favorable schedule. Um, I don't think the Browns are going to be anything like that. Um, when they come, uh, when they do become like that, it'll be Deshaun Watson. I think it'll be too late in the year. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this might be one of the more struggling years for them. Hopefully Mike Tomlin proves me wrong because I'm a huge fan of that guy. He's definitely one hell of a coach. 
But um, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Ravens uh, won that division. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If I they mean, won we got them both. We got them both in the wild card, win the division, anyways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the Ravens in my wild card. Yeah. So, and that'd be it. You don't want to see the Ravens in the playoffs if they're no, a wild I'm card. I'm telling you, I agree. <laughs> Ravens are going to be scary come yeah. postseason. That AFC is going to be crazy. Come yeah, postseason. AFC come is so season. good. It's Just looking at this list, man. Yeah, no, I agree. AFC South division winners might surprise people a little bit. Uh, ben and I both both have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, winning the division this year. And that might come out of a surprise for a lot of people. But, uh, I mean, let's be real. The Tennessee Titans aren't what they were last year. They're not that one seed that got upset in the playoffs in the divisional round. Um, The Indianapolis Colts, I mean, Matt Ryan looks scary. And I'm not saying scary in a good way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, So if he doesn't play well, it's hard to kind of get that run game going. That defense is sus. Who's the one team I haven't said yet? Texans. The Texans. Thank you. The te- I mean, the Texans are just like they're one of those rebuild teams, you know. Like yeah. they got a solid squad, but like I mean, Brandon Cooks is their wide receiver one and only had two catches last week. Like, come on, like he's got to be better than that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the worst division in football. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I don't even, I don't think, even think that's a debate. Yeah. I don't. I don't either. Is. I don't. I don't think it is either. I think the only reason, like, because I think the Jaguars are winning nine games this year for sure. Yeah. And the only reason that's happening is because they got six matchups against the other teams out in their division. They, yeah, they could go six and zero against those teams. They're really bad. Yeah, but uh, and then I mean I don't know. I, I guess I won't get more into the Texans, but um, I was expecting a little bit more from them coming into this year. Moving uh, past that uh, AFC South, last in the AFC West, uh, West, we both agree on this one. The Kansas City Chiefs are winning that division, and they're winning it outright with all those teams improving, getting better, as in the Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. That division um, hasn't panned out how I thought it was. It has not panned out at all. I thought it was going to be a lot better. And I guess thought... what? The Chiefs are still at the top as of That's right now. Not surprising. No, I because mean, you got to. I don't know. I just I people were talking about the Denver Broncos as one of the best teams in the NFL. They were yeah. talking about the Raiders as being yeah. really good with the addition of Devontae yeah. Adams. Yeah, zero and three. The Chargers with the addition of Khalil Mack. Like yeah. Their defense has been kind of scaring me the like, last couple of weeks. I thought they were going to be ridiculous, and they kind of look. Are the Broncos two and one or one and two? Broncos are two and one, but so they're like a, they're a bad two and one though. So they have a team that's zero and three in that division, and then the Chargers are one and two. Shockingly, yeah. I then, thought they were going to be. And I'd be very okay if I were the Chiefs sitting sitting seeing the Broncos right behind me at two and one. Like I am yeah, not I'm, scared of those. No, boys. you're not no. scared of those. Run- not until yeah. Russell Wilson not changed right his motive. You know, gets in the right headspace, but. I agree completely. The Chiefs are winning that division. Do you as well? Yeah, we both have the Chargers making it out of that division as a wild card. So those would be the three wild cards. So there you have it, like the seven teams we have. Dolphins, uh, Bengals, Chargers, Ravens, Bills, Jaguars, and Chiefs. I mean, I feel bad for whoever the Jaguars got to play. Yeah. Yeah, it's but I mean, if they, of, those matchups would be just crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But outside of that game, like whoever the Bills play, whoever the Ravens get, like if the Ravens Bengals matched up, um, don't count out the Dolphins, man. They they're lethal. They're no joke. But let's move on to the mm-hmm. NFC. NFC East. Let's start first. I feel like that's the easiest one. I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Ben also has the Philadelphia Eagles. Are our divisions the same in this one? They're the exact same. Okay, so let, but that's not yeah, surprising. I don't. Uh, the I NFC mean, is not that good. No, it's not that good at all. And it's kind of weird because, like, I feel like a few years ago we'd look back at it and be like, "Damn, this NFC conference is always just loaded." Like, I feel like the best quarterbacks were always in that division. Then. You know, when those young guys started making that switch, Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, like that AFC just straight up loaded up. And now it's the Jalen Hurts show in the NFC. And I think they for sure win the division. I wouldn't be shocked if they made some noise come playoff time. I don't know if they're my NFC favorites to make it as of right now. But uh, we both got them winning the division. I don't have anyone else in that division making the playoffs, or do I? I do. We both have the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are turned around once they get Dak back. They're two um, and one. They don't even need to turn it around. They're fine. They're having yeah. a great season with Cooper Rush. It's kind of I. I guess I don't even really believe it. Yeah, I guess. it's shocking. Yeah, everybody no. thought they were going to be zero and three. They were going to get Cooper killed Rush by the Bengals. Fine. He does look fine. Um, their defense looks surprisingly good as well. I mean, they got those stars, but I mean, they're showing out all over the place. Um, NFC North, uh, Ben and I both have the Green Bay Packers, uh, that division. 
um, I don't believe is that good outside of Minnesota. Um, I think the Lions, I do think they're a good team, but I do think they're still a year or two away. But I think the Packers uh, outduel the Vikings in that division. I think Aaron Rodgers still owns that division. But I do think the Vikings sneak in a wild card there. I think uh, they got too much talent on that squad on both sides that uh, they'll be able to win enough games. Yeah. You agree? I have the Lions as my whoa, NFC whoa. wild card. <laughs> so never you, thought I'd be saying that. But I mean, that's over a bunch of teams. Like okay, but you have to. Okay, so you have the Forty ers Yeah. As a possibility, yeah. I don't think they're very good at all. I like my NFC wild cards: Ca- so, Cardinals, Cowboys, Lions. And they. What makes you think the Lions are going to win that many games, though? Like statistically, the Lions have one of the best offenses in the league. You think they can win eight games, nine games? Yes. You do. I do. I really do. Are we going to pull up the schedule real fast, Ben? Yes. Don't make pull it up. It. Pull it up. I'm pulling it up. Read right it now. off to me. They're one and two right now. Next week, they're home against Seattle. Dub. Two and two. Uh, at New England. I'll give it to them. That's a dub. Three and two. At Dallas. That's an L after the that's a week. That's a hard game. Four and three. Home against Miami. Lost four and four. Home against Green Bay. Lost four and five. At Chicago, I'll give it to him. Five and five. At New York, I'll give it to him. Six and five. Uh, home against Buffalo, L. Home against Jacksonville, L. Ooh. Um, that's six and seven now, yes. Home against Minnesota. Um, you got to give him one of those games. You got to give him Jacksonville or Buffalo. Minnesota. You got to give him Jacksonville or Minnesota, though. They're not. They're not losing both those games. All right. Seven and seven after. Uh, no. Oh, crap. <laughs> and then they... Uh, I'm telling you, man. Eight or nine games, it could happen. And in the NFC, eight or nine games is, might be good enough. I can see them win eight games this year. And it may be good enough, but I personally don't think it will be because in that NFC West, I think they're all pretty solid teams. They'll all bang each other up a little bit. We both have the Rams in that division, correct? Um, but yeah. I think... I think uh, so whoever wins the matchups of the Niners Cardinals games, I personally think may, uh, gets that final wild card spot. Um, I, I think the 49ers have a solid team, good defense. Jimmy G's proven it already. Uh, Cardinals have proven to make the playoffs. They're a solid team with Kyler Murray. They're getting D hop back. James Connor, um, is a pretty solid weapon for them. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's not a bad, uh, seven spot. No, uh, I have the Cardinals in my wild card. Um, I really don't like the 49ers this year, man. So you don't have the you don't have the Vikings making the playoffs. No, I don't. Um, what is it? Is it because Kevin O'Connell? All I hear is better things from him. I mean, granted, he, he yeah. has to say that, but you know, I just the Vikings. I think they're a little held back by Kirk Cousins. You know, everybody says he's not that bad. He had a great year last year: thirty-three touchdowns, three picks. I'm pretty he's sure he's not a good primetime guy. But he's We're past that. He's not. He's just. He's not a. He's not a playmaker. You know, he can throw a good 20-yard ball, but I don't know. He's don't, he's not one of those top 10, top 12, top 15 guys. I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's another debate for another time, honestly. I think Kirk's going to be good enough to get him to the playoffs. I just think that team is way too good, way too many weapons. Um, they make it. Um, sorry about the Lions. I think they're a year or two away. I think, it, I think they're no, a year or two Lions away. are a stretch, but just trying to make it interesting. Yeah, I, I like that. I like it. I like it. All right, and then to finish our show out today, we got a pretty good what are the chances take from uh, my good friend Ben. Um, what do you have for us, Ben? <laughs> I think I think uh, I'm it's, actually really it's excited. It's a shocker you're saying this, really. I'm yeah, because I was just <laughs> I was shitting on my boys last week, but uh, you already know who my what are the chances has to deal with. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, here's my prediction. Going into November, their game on November 6th against the Panthers, um, they're going to be 6-2 uh, and two going in that game. They're going to win their next uh, five games. Yeah, and let's, hear, let's listen, hear how they get there. Listen, they're beating the Dolphins Thursday night at home. They need it. They're not going 1-3 and three to start the year. At Baltimore, that's going to be a game they could lose. Just that's be- Sunday night football, too. That's Sunday night. That's in two Baltimore. back-to-back primetime games. Yep. I think Joe Burrow's built like that. He's okay. different. They're going to get it done. We're going to continue our dominance over them from last year. And then, you know, we got, we're got we at New Orleans. Like, come on. That's okay. a win. I'll give you that. That's a win. Falcons at that. home. That's I'll a win. That. At Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett. I think we get it done. I'll give you that. They'll be hot. And then uh, 
the Carolina Panthers at home. We're going to destroy Baker Mayfield. So while I do think that the Bengals are obviously going to turn their season around, have a successful season, maybe make a push in the playoffs, um, turning it around oh so soon, you know, I don't know. Because these matchups are really tough the next couple of weeks. I mean, home against the Dolphins. All right, even all right. Say they home against the Dolphins. Let's even say they get it done. And say let's they say lose they get it, one of the games against the Dolphins or the Ravens. They are still five and three. Yeah. And then if they beat the Panthers, they're That's six and three. Really good. They're That's probably still really they're, good. They're one or two in the but division. You just told me what are the chances that the Bengals are six and two going into that matchup against the Panthers? Uh, I I like the chances. I do, but like. The chances of them losing to the Dolphins and or Ravens is a possibility. You already have to put that out there. And then a division matchup on the road in Cleveland. I know you're saying that's a cakewalk, but last week you would have been sweating and sweating bullets. You know, I would have. About I, think, so I think that's by, not okay, an easy game. I think by what week is that going to be? By week eight? Huh? That Cleveland game. Week eight? We'll be in, yeah. we'll be in midseason form. <laughs> We'll be looking great. Are you yeah, kidding me? I'm sure they will be. Especially with the Saints and the Falcons. How's, Those that, are, how's that run defense looking down in Cincinnati right now, though? You know? Because, I mean, that might be a problem come time in Cleveland. The defense looks great. We haven't given up a touchdown in seven quarters. Really? Seven quarters. Not one last week. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I do have the Bengals being the Dolphins this weekend. I don't think they slip by Baltimore on Sunday night football. In Baltimore, that's... But if they win that game, I'll keep an eye on this. What are the chances for you? Because my what are the chances did not hit on our first pod um fell just short but, but yeah that'd be crazy if it that'll hit. be interesting i, li- I, I, I like i like probably just because it's cause nfl it, they'll probably lose one of I the like games it but you keep it within yourself you know within yeah. your regime within uh, those are my boys what you're about. those are my yeah. boys <laughs> um so we'll be see uh we'll see uh should be fun all right and that's gonna be it for us on uh, lance's house sports today uh thank you guys so much for listening we're gonna have a whole lot more to talk about next week uh, more about the nfl more about the celtics and what they may have to do come start of the season um we may be discussing uh, the top eight teams in the eastern conference in the nba next season as the nba gets ready to ramp up for their season opener in a couple weeks but that's it had a lot of fun thanks for listening i'll see you guys next week